Jeez, Scott, you look tired today. Yeah, you know, with the Final Four in town, I was out really late last night. Oh, yeah? You enjoy the games? No, I was trying to catch up with a few of the players and, uh, you know, maybe slip them some kind of monetary gift. Oh, why would you do that? Well, you know, I just think that if they get caught taking a bribe, we can maybe have them fall to number 10 in the NBA draft. Nice. Welcome to episode 109 of Wolf's Cast, a show that is hosted by myself and a man who remembers Farmington's 24-hour New Year's Eve swim marathons. <laughs> I'm Scott. I'm Rob. And welcome Remember back to Wolfscast. Oh yeah, I, I just uh, had forgotten about them, and then I recalled them yesterday, uh, yesterday when I was talking to my wife Meg. It was uh, for many years when I was in high school. I spent New Year's Eve, noon of New Year's Eve to noon on New Year's Day, doing a 24-hour swim marathon. We'd always have three swimmers going. We'd see how many total miles we can get. You do shifts, you know, and then you get to spend the rest of the night like hanging out in the school gymnasium, shooting hoops, or playing oh, video yeah. games. It was the place to be. Yeah. It, it, I enjoyed watching it was, swimming. It was a good time. It was a fun memory to have back. Uh, how are you doing, Robert? Uh, I'm doing great. It's been uh, quite a week in Wolves uh, in Wolf, Wolves World. So, yeah, uh, and it's crazy downtown. Unexpected wins, yeah. Crazy and, downtown right absolutely. now. They got the Final Four in town. We don't care about college basketball that much, except if we can gamble on it. Yeah, you know, that's right. We love the first weekend. This is the best weekend of, of March Madness. Then your bracket falls apart. And, yeah, and then and it's, it's like, who cares about you know Auburn or Texas Tech or any of these teams? You know, at this point, yeah, I, I don't have any love for them. So yeah, it, it, it's uh, good games though. Yeah, and it's been a while downtown. I was downtown on Friday for the Heat game, and uh, Ubers are cheap. That's what I learned at the Super Bowl, really? and it really uh, was reinforced. Is that all the Uber and Lyft drivers are out in the town because they're like, oh. This is the night to be out on the town, and yet, so they oversaturate the market. Mm. So my my lift home from uh, Target Center on Friday night was eight bucks. Not bad. Yeah. So you know, tip them well. Good to know. Yeah, just keep that in mind if there's ever a big event in your city. Is you can get rideshare naps for very cheap. Yeah, get wasted. Support. Oh, yeah. to, you don't have to pay for that crazy downtown parking. You know. There you go. Boom. Everybody wins. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh, we had a, you know, it's kind of a weird recording time for us. We're recording this on a Sunday matinee podcast here. Yeah, this is this is strange. I'm wondering if, because uh, we all recall that KG always hated matinee games. Yep, and the Wolves have a matinee game today against OKC. And I see a lot of parallels between you and KG. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm hoping that there. this isn't one of them, though. Well, we're gonna find out. You know, um, I'm gonna try. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring the energy as best as I can, but. Uh, in the words of KG. <laughs> That's right. I'm not. We usually have a beer while we're recording. I'm, I'm having a Coke Zero right now, just mm. to get a little caffeine in the body. But if we have a any low energy, that might be wise. We're having our matinee game. You That's know. right. Low the energy. night's when you do your best work. Yeah, it's true. Same for the Wolves After too. The hopefully, uh, hopefully, you know, both teams that look sluggish today. We'll see. But who knows? The Wolves have been playing great. We have quite a week to recap. It's a slightly more than a week. We could not record this Thursday uh, because we both had different stuff going on, thus this weekend recording. But it actually works out great for the podcast scheduling because 
Uh, Neil is coming back from the UK within the next week, so we're not going to have a podcast this Thursday. We're going to take it off, and then we'll come back next the week after to do a big final, you know, end of the season recap, huge finale. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So with this, a shocking ending. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, now I have to live up to that, but I, I, <laughs> I, it, it's been guaranteed now. So uh, you you'll want to tune in for that. Uh, this week's show, we're still going to have a lot of good stuff to talk about. We have about a week and a half of some really good basketball games to talk about. Uh, for Full Court Press, I watched the debut games of the T-Wolves Gaming League team, and wow. now I'm invested. Let me tell you, I've got my favorite <laughs> players and everything. I've got my summer hobby. Uh, we're going to talk about Covington's knee surgery. We're going to talk about the newest Timberwolf, Mitch Creek, which sounds like a like a TV show, maybe. Like, I thought it sounded like a cheap beer. Oh yeah, Mitch Creek. Like Mitch Creek. Ice. I got a, I got yeah I got a twelve pack of Mitch Creek. Yeah, we're, we're gonna yeah. be good. Bottom shelf stuff. Yeah, it costs seven dollars. All right, and then we have our sponsor, as always. We're going to do a power ranking, and we're at the end of a decade of Timberwolves basketball, so we're going to rank the past 10 seasons, <laughs> the seasons of the 2010s. Wow. What a decade it was for your Minnesota Timberwolves. So the, many so many memories. Oh, there is a lot. Uh, not many of them are great. Some but, good. Yeah, some good. Many uh, notable, though. And then we have our Wolfies and a game. So with a lot to talk about, let's jump into this week recap. Uh, the first game we're going to talk about is the Golden State game. Uh, which was, what a pleasant surprise that game was, huh? Yeah, it was. It's crazy how the Wolves have had, I won't say that they've had the Warriors number or anything the last couple of years, but no, they've always no, no. Found, out, found a way to eke out a win against the Warriors, typically near the end of the season. Yep, uh, I think this is like most the fourth of the time all has been lost for Basically the ever since, yeah, the, the dynasty uh, has started in Golden State. We've always beat them one season, including we are one of their nine losses in the 73 and 9 season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, so That's how I knew they weren't going to win the title. The, yeah. se- the second, like, Shabazz the was, like, beating them yeah, in Shabazz. Golden State. I was like, that's uh, not a championship Shabazz. team. That's not a championship team. Yeah, that's right. But uh, I I love that they actually won this game. I mean, I know all the, the tanking things. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something that uh, we are always very cognizant of. But uh, you need – well, this, the end of the season has been just such, like, a – such a chore it seems like you're just sort of going through the motions oh yeah you need some signature wins to kind of raise morale going into yeah the i was getting season. to the point where i was like do i need to watch tonight's game we're just gonna lose yeah and especially when i was watching the game and golden state in the first half really got out to a big you know lead i think it was like 19 or something points up yep and it was just like 19 i think early in the third or something yeah like something like that i was just like why why do you need to watch this scott you know they're, <laughs> they're just crushing your wolves. what's wrong with you and i'm like you know i'll stick it out glad i did um but you know, we've we've talked about tanking on the last few weeks of the podcast, and while I openly embrace the tank operation, I did realize that there's not a lot we can do to move up in the draft. Um, we're pretty much stuck at that 10-11 spot. Uh, we're not going to be able to catch like uh, the Pelicans and the Wizards. Right. Uh, there's just not enough games left. So we kind of said that, that we're not really in a spot to move too much. So it doesn't really matter if we get these wins, and it's sure is a heck of fun, a heck of a lot, a heck of a lot of fun. <laughs> oh yeah, to beat to win to beat the Warriors at home in overtime after oh, yeah. all the craziness that happened. Yeah, so it's something mean, you can hang your hat on going into the off season at least. Like, hey, at least terrible season, you know, all the drama with Jimmy and Tibbs and everything. But hey, we beat the Warriors. Yep, that's right. We had a kind of a wild finish uh, to both the end of regulation and overtime. Um, we were up, and Steph was just hitting all these crazy threes. He had three threes in a minute, I think. Yeah, just like crazy that one in the corner, too. too. I mean, oh, that corner one. It, he's unbelievable, but we all knew that. But it's just like when you're watching it in person, you're like, oh, my God, you know? 
Um, and then in overtime, uh, KD gets his four-point play waved off, uh, which I think was the right call. Um, this was the one where – who was – I forgot who fouled him. Um, but uh, KBD. Yeah, I think uh, that's what I was thinking too. Um, and so Keita Bates-Diot fouled him. And all the Warriors fans said that he was in a shooting motion, but they showed the HD replay slow-mo on FSN, and he clearly was fouling Durant while his body weight was still going down. His feet were on the ground, but his 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 weight was still going down before he jumped. It was him catching it still. It was still on the catch, I thought. It's controversial, I know. Very. It's, a, it's definitely the kind of call that if you didn't if the Wolves didn't get it, you'd be you'd be pretty upset. So I can understand how the Warriors uh, fans were thinking like, hey, this is Kata Bates Diop fouling Kevin Durant. Yeah. In, in, usually the Warriors would get the benefit of the doubt on a, a very borderline call like that. But it was yeah. upheld. Yeah, it was upheld. In the two-minute uh, two minute, Yeah, and so was the one at the end of the game where there were only seconds remaining and we had to do an alley-oop because there wasn't enough time to pass it in and get a shot off, so less than a second remaining. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, we threw it in for the alley-oop. It didn't look like it was particularly close to the hoop or that Cat really had the chance to catch it, honestly. Uh, but KD kind of pushed off and was grabbing on Cat, and so they called the whistle, mm-hmm. got the free throws, and we won the game. You Ooh, know, There you um, go. So, yeah, you know, refs decide games sometimes. You, you, you don't want to see it happen, but... More times than not, it's going against the Wolves, you know, honestly. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> We're yeah. not the team that gets that. And so I think it's funny that uh, I've, I've talked about how Reddit is just the worst place for, <laughs> for basketball fans. They're just the worst form of fans on there. Except for you, Timberwolves Reddit. No, you're also really bad, Timberwolves Reddit. You know what I'm talking about. You're maybe the least bad. But. Yeah, but Warriors Reddit was high comedy the next day. Just like the the martyr complex. You know the yeah, why? Geez. Why do the refs always hate the Warriors? Why? You know yeah. this is just just what like, do we have to do to get a fair shake? Yeah, exactly. And they're just so persecuted. They they really do think like the world is tilted against the Warriors, and that the NBA wants the Warriors to fail. It's like guys, come on. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> look at your last. I gotta few years say, here. I feel like the Warriors. Uh, um, they're an incredible team. Obviously, they're a ton of fun to watch, but I find them to be pretty unlikable yeah. as a group. Yep. Especially like, okay, you're playing against the Timberwolves. This game doesn't mean really anything yeah. to you. Why do you have to sh- like show up the ref as badly as you did and act as if this isn't like oh, game yeah. seven of the finals or something like that? Like, well, that's the other thing just, is that Steph hits that corner three and then he's like showing off to the ref, pointing in his face, saying stuff to the ref. And it's, it's like, like running out, running down the tunnel after the after that foul was called on Kevin Durant. Yeah, and it's just like you you're basically asking the refs to blow a whistle on you when you're just showing them up, taunting them, making fun of them. It's like you know these guys still have the the power to call a bad call on you. And so I'm not right. saying that it was uh, a revenge call, but it it could have been. It, you shouldn't especially ta- since you shouldn't clearly, taunt the referee. Clearly, other referees agreed that the referees at Target Center made the right call. So, I I don't know. There is that uh, that whole attitude of like it's us against the world, including the refs. I I just don't think that really holds up from the Warriors. They have like the the greatest assemblage of talent that yeah. the NBA has ever seen, and they're acting as if like you know the NBA is actively trying to sabotage their run or whatever. Yeah, like, that hasn't happened. It's not happening. They're literally just get over the it. only team that can beat the Warriors is the Warriors. You know, and right. they act so entitled. So I agree. They went from a very likable team, and then over the years, that's what happens when you're in a dynasty. You know, just yeah. winning year after years, you get a little less likable, I guess, all the time. Yeah, it's the Yankees. 
syndrome. Yeah, that's true. Well, let's move on to our next. Unless there's anything else you want to say about Warriors game, good to win. Just that it was uh, very satisfying. That's all. Yeah, I, I was feeling good after that. Glad I stayed it tuned into it. Uh, the next uh, game was a loss versus Philadelphia, one eighteen, one oh nine. I was in the building for this. Went with Me Jeff. Too. Went with Jeffy. Shout out Jeffy. And I went with uh, with the beefcake. Ah, shout out the beefcake as well. He who he, was adorned in his Jimmy Butler jersey. Yeah, he was he, cheering wildly he, for him. He's a big Jimmy Butler fan. That guy. I almost pushed him down the stairs. Mm, I don't think anyone would so blame you. I don't no. think there's a judge in the world that would uh, you know <laughs> throw the book at you. Not a judge My in the swag world. is crazy right now. Oh. Yeah, so I think you would have been fine. Um, not too many boos for him wearing a Butler jersey. No one was getting on no, his case. No, no. I mean, it was a it was were, a Wolves Butler's jersey. Yeah. He, I don't. I didn't want to give him the satisfaction of that's clearly smart. he was trolling everyone. Yeah, that's I didn't smart. want to give him that's, the satisfaction don't of don't feed the, don't hissing. feed the trolls. Yeah, I thought about spilling nacho cheese on the jersey, but uh, decided not to. Take the high road. Oh, well, that's classy. Very classy. Lots of Sixers fans in the building. Yeah, there were. Jeez. Neil noted, let's go Sixers and trust the process chant heard on broadcast. Yeah. This is something that was kind of cool. Though. I mean, there's your normal bandwagon fans, you know, people wearing Jimmy Butler Sixers uniforms. And it's like, yeah, you bought that. You know, like you bought that a couple weeks ago, dude. There's always those bandwagon fans in the Target Center. But what was cool was that like an entire section in the upper deck was bought by fans of this Philadelphia Sixers podcast, uh, the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. Right. Very popular. <laughs> and uh, man, are, do they have some crazy fans. But we know uh, what that's like when you have to go through the process of uh, so many years of uh, just being the worst team, cheering for lottery balls, getting excited about overseas guys. Uh, we're, we're there. We understand the kind of weird bond that Maybe that forms. Maybe better than any other team. Yeah, exactly. So we understand the weird bond that that forms. And that's why I think it's just so cool that they had that group travel. A group of yeah, uh, pretty awesome. That apparently, every year they choose an away game to go to, and they travel to that game. This year they chose uh, Minnesota because they want to see Covington. Obviously, he didn't play, and, and they Dario. knew that tickets would be available. Oh and yeah, expensive. Oh yeah, and so they were loud. They were really loud, and I could tell some people were getting annoyed in the seats around me because they, you know, during free throws they were chanting like Dario. Dario, but it was just like, hey guys, you know they came up to chant. We we don't make that much noise here. Counter it, yeah. yeah. I I can't, I can't blame them for it. And after the game, uh, they they went down to the lower deck or the lower bowl and uh, stayed after the game. And Dario came out and greeted them. Rocco came out too. Yeah, Rocco came out too. So classy. I just think that's really cool. Um, You know, I would love to be at some point in the future with this podcast where we can have events and stuff like that, or we could do some kind of thing where we invite listeners to come out and actually have people show up. You can go to whatever city, whatever team we eventually trade Cat to because he's disgruntled. Boo, boo. Not looking forward to it, but. And he's dealing with Glenn, who who doesn't know (laughs) shit about basketball. It shows your appreciation, though. Oh, man. Maybe just uh, until that happens. Just go to whatever team Ricky signs with next year. Yes. Okay. That's a good. That's a good starting. Point, I, yeah. I hope it's the San Antonio Spurs. Is what yes, I'm that'd be great. It's just a fit, perfect fit. Um, this was, uh, you know, it was a fun game. Uh, the Wolves got down big early, as they've been doing lately. Yes. 38-20 after the first quarter. <laughs> just like, oh man, thinking it's going to be another like fifty point demolishing. 
Yeah, but this was just another. I mean, uh, Gorgie played well during the Warriors game, but this was the start of a, a great week for Gorgie. A renaissance. Yeah, just like really, you know, proven that he deserves some playing time. He was really taken out of the rotation for weeks, and uh, now he's been given a chance, and he's been really flourishing, especially with Cat having foul trouble and stuff. Gorgie will come in. He had a uh, his own personal seven zero run in the second in this game. Yeah. It- Hit it like like a step back three and had a, a dunk or two. Yeah, like, I'm loving it. He's just killing everything right now. So much confidence. Yes, I love it. Uh, but yeah, uh, career high five threes and 19 points for Sixers backup center Joe, Jonah Bolden. Ugh. Everyone in the crowd was like, "Who? Who is yeah, that? Who?" The, yeah. Like everyone was reaching for their programs, like trying to figure out who this guy was. I didn't know who it was. I'd never heard of him. He killed until, us. He killed yes, us. He did. He equalized Carl Anthony Towns pretty much. Yep. Well, that was the Sixers game. Would have preferred to have a win, but still a fun one to go to in person. Um, Next up, we have a loss versus the Portland Trailblazers, 132-122. Portland had something to play for, obviously. They are in the playoffs. They are working to get their seeding right. And uh, they played like it, you know? They played with a little extra energy that we didn't have. An urgency, if you will. Right, yeah. Again, Wolves just not coming out with energy lethargic to begin the game building themselves a hole which obviously they can't afford to they can't afford to even if they they it seems like they give up a lot of they give up a lot of early leads yeah but then they'll also get up like 10 12 points and that always seems like they either give up their lead or they're or they've been uh playing from behind yeah, pretty much the, that's the especially tough thing. on the road. That's so. the tough thing about playing from behind is that you spend all that energy catching up and then you get caught back up and then it's like, oh, we, we, we got back up and then they just pulled away from us in the fourth. It's like, yeah, because yeah, we spent all of our energy going on that run. Exactly, you know? yeah. So that's the unfortunate thing. Uh, that's a trend we'll be seeing throughout the week. Happened with Philadelphia. Happened with the Warriors. We actually kept that lead. But happened with Portland. And then also something that happened in Philadelphia, the Philadelphia game that also happened in this game was Jared Bayless just killing us in the fourth, <laughs> just like taking terrible shots yeah, after terrible man. shots. I think like I think he was like two for twelve at the end of that Philadelphia game. Just really shot us out of the fourth quarter. And kind of the same thing here. I mean, I guess that's what you get. That's that's kind of the way you know you secretly tank. It's like I don't want to win this that's game. Right. Let's play Jared Bayless in the fourth quarter. Let's just let him take his shots. Yeah, it was. Uh... He has had good games, but he's also had games where he's uh, he just takes some of the the dumbest shots, where he just dribble, dribble, dribble for like eighteen seconds, and yeah. then like pull up three or whatever, and it can be kind of painful. So he's had good things, but he's also uh, it's feast or famine with him. It seems like. Yep. Um, the other thing, Evan Turner had maybe the quietest triple double ever. <laughs> like yeah. when he got like the final rebound he needed, the whole bench jumped up and started screaming, and I didn't even know why. Like the, the bench yeah. was just going crazy about that rebound. Whoa. I was like, "Wow, they're really cheering for that rebound. This is, you know, they're really excited about going to the playoffs." I thought. And then a couple of minutes later, they said it on the broadcast, "Like, did you know he got a triple double? It's like the quietest, sneakiest triple double ever." Um, and so, yeah, I think that does it for Portland. They really killed us on the boards. How frustrating. Enos Cantor just gets every single board. Cantor is he's amazing. Just, he's it's been an a amazing killer. talent, but it's like he's not that good of a player. Can we treat him the way the rest of the league does? You know, like yeah. he was killing us on the boards. Yeah, he's those big physical centers have always give, uh, given Cat some problems. So, uh, yeah, nothing new, but frustrating nonetheless. All right. Well, for the next game, we went on down to Dallas. Got a win, 110-108, really evenly matched game. Uh, you know, both Cat and Donkic having great games. 
Uh, it's fun to see, you know, Dirk one last time. Just like yeah, having a ton of fun out there. Like, you know, fist bumping everyone before the tip off, just smiling, having a good time. And it's just like the whole crowd just loves him. He, he might be like the most likable NBA player in history, probably. Yeah, yeah I agree. It's not the greatest, but all those other all-time greats all had flaws that uh, like they're egomaniacs or bad teammates or to be the greatest of all time be. you usually have to have a competitive drive that makes you you know less than you have friendly. to be some somewhere on like the sociopathic yeah. uh, spectrum but he just seems like the nicest guy oh and he's you know like he's hilarious on twitter and if you yeah. make like a funny <laughs> joke and like about him and tag him in it he'll like your tweet and stuff like he's yes. he's a real personality and i mean we've always loved him we've always been huge Durkis fans Durkis circus you know absolutely and, uh i'll never forget that 2011, 2011. playoff run you know just Super, magic uh, that was a special uh, playoff run i'll never forget i watched every game of that playoff run for yeah. dallas and uh they were uh, always had a soft spot for him ever since. I'm not sure what it's going to be like without him on the team if I'm going to like them nearly as much. Yeah, it's true. It could go a different way. I mean, I still like Chris Stops and Luca, so but who knows? You know, maybe without mm-hmm. without that presence in the locker room, the Luca no will JJ become dark. Dark either? Luka. If, oh yeah, JJ's seriously. not on the team. Yeah, it's going to be a weird Mavs team, new <laughs> yes. era. I mean, Carlisle is still is there, but, era. man. Yeah. That'll be a weird look next year. Um, you know, Mavs were cold from three. Uh, Towns had a great game. Uh, you know, he had played some tough centers. Enos Cantor was giving him the business, Joel, you know, and Bolden. And then before that, you know, we had Cousins and stuff. And so he finally got a center matchup that he liked with uh, Powell. And who's the other guy they have? It starts with an M. Measury? Yeah. Measury, yeah. Yeah. Salon Measury. They something. both had good games, especially Dwight Powell at like 26 or whatever. Yeah. But uh, t- they weren't offering much resistance on Towns, no. though, either. So. Um, fun to win in Dallas. I like that. Dallas is, you know, obviously trying to get a top five pick so they don't have to, their, their pick is top five protected, the one that's going to Atlanta for the Luka trade. And so if they get a top five pick, they get a, you know, have a pick this year and that pick will then transfer for another year. Um, you know, here's the question. I, I went to the Miami game with Meg. The other night, and we were talking about D Wade, and I was saying how he's going to retire, and he was, you know, he put up 21 points on us in the first half, mm-hmm. and uh, he's like, he doesn't look like he needs to retire, you know. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, he said that he could play another two or three years, maybe, and Meg was like, yeah, but I can understand it's best to go out on top, you know, retire on top, and I was like. I don't know. I kind of prefer the way Dirk's doing it, where the tires have fallen off, clearly. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's just out there at this point to, like, you know, make you feel happy. He's like a mascot, almost. Like, he's not really there to contribute to right. the basketball he's, very he's much on like the court. He's kind of like Sort of like an emeritus sort of player. Right. I like that because like... He's, a, he's on the he's on the squad, but he's just sort of there. He's like a figurehead, mostly. Yeah, and I, and I adore it because I feel emotionally ready for him to retire. You know, like right. if he had retired a season ago, I wasn't ready for that. But like seeing him out there, just like clearly not, you know, his body is so stiff at this point. He yeah, can barely run. It looks painful to watch him run. I thought I saw something that was like... Two percent of his points scored have come with like a dribble beforehand. Oh my god! <laughs> Everything yeah. is catch and shoot. So I think that Dirk was basically only playing the season to show up in arenas and let people see him one more time. So I, I kind of yeah. prefer that way. Yeah, the, the whole like farewell tour that Kobe started is. Uh, I was not a big fan of that. So yeah, more, and even Dirk has not like conclusively said like I'm retiring after this year. It seems like he wants it to be a little more quiet, and just the outpouring of love is coming out whether and. Whether he's provoking it or not, yeah, uh, it's interesting though. I because 
I would love for him to come back. He can do whatever he wants. You know, if he wants to come back, great. You know, it would be fun to have him in the locker room with Chris Stapps and Luca and stuff like that. But they were talking on the FSN broadcast about after Dirk's final game in Dallas, or they were saying that they have stuff planned for after the game. And like one of the uh, Dallas staffers says they aren't planning to leave the arena before midnight because they have so much post game stuff planned. I'm like, if you do all that, all the speeches about your greatness, all the video yeah. montages, it'd be weird. I'm signing to be like, a one-year deal. I'm coming yeah. back. Let's do it again. <laughs> yeah, it'd be weird. But, you know, uh, if anyone would do it, it'd be Dirk. Um, I agree. I don't like the Kobe-style, uh, you know, retirement tour where there's a huge thing. I liked kind of like Paul Pierce was cool, and so was uh, – well, I thought Wade did a good job. Where it was just like yeah, you knew it was final year, so if it was the last time in the arena and he hits a big three, everyone stands up and, chant, and cla- claps. There's a recognition from the fans, but it's not like a pregame ceremony. Yeah, it's not like gift. this formalized yeah. thing. Yeah, that's... no, it's like maybe Doc Rivers left Paul Pearson for an extra couple of minutes just so right, you know fans right. could see him. That kind of retirement tour is what I dig. Yeah, so uh, it was – Kind of cool seeing near the very end of the season, back to back, you're getting Dirk and and uh, Dwayne Wade, and uh, you yeah. beat both of them. In yep, the, it was a fun obviously game for differing Miami. levels of their play. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Wade still got a lot more in the oh, tank, yeah. it would seem. But uh, yeah, he was killing us the first half. I mean, I was at the game, and I would say it was like 50 percent D Wade fans. Like that, yeah, it totally. just so many D Wade jerseys. It was incredible, and. They were going wild, and at some points it was like he would, especially at the end of the game when we we were trading. Like it was almost like you know it was really tight at the end of the game when they mm-hmm. were fouling us and they were taking shots and fans were really getting loud for D Wade. Yeah, they wanted no to see doubt. him win a game winner for sure. Um, he had twenty one points in the first half. We held him to like four or something in the second half. But I I thought had the first half. I, I said at one point D Wade's going for forty tonight. You know I, I honestly <laughs> yeah. thought he was going to, but. Thankfully, we did some lot, halftime adjustments, you know. Oh, absolutely. We were able to shut him down. And maybe it's just hard at that age to once you get warmed up and then you cool down at halftime to get warmed back up again, you know. Yeah, but uh, for a guy like Dwayne Wade, playing the Wolves at this point in the season is like, okay, I got, I'm got. i going to show that I, even though I'm leaving, I can still uh, I can still put up some numbers. Oh, yeah. Wolves are, good, Wolves are great for that those kind of performances. You're not facing a ton of resistance yeah. uh, if you're looking to get yours. I actually felt like the Wolves were afraid to defend him in the first half because they were like, oh, it's his last game. Let's not yeah, foul him on, on the shot. It just kind of, it felt like they were kind of like, well, let's respect the man. Let's not. Let's we not, don't want to like hard foul right, him or something, exactly. send him to the floor. Yeah, exactly. I felt, I've definitely felt that way in the first half where I was like, I, wonder oh, if I feel like we're afraid, to, that. we're afraid to hit him hard or something. I wonder if guys think about that, like Dwayne Wade's coming to the rim do i really like you know yeah do i really like hammer him or whatever and risk him like having yeah. to have him like go I ended out his on career. a stretcher or yeah. something and like before he could have a, that big send-off in his final game exactly i, I like think, sent him to a hospital or whatever i think there was a little of that going on it felt like but uh <laughs> it was a fun game a uh, new power generation performed at halftime yeah i digged uh the the door prize, as you will, the promotion was the seven-inch Prince record. But what was nice. nice was they didn't give it to you when you entered; they gave it to you when you left, so you didn't have to carry it around all night with you. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, I, I see that smart. being kind of a trend. Yeah, and I guess that also means if you left at halftime, no, Sorry. no Prince final for you. Yeah, you got to stay all the way. All right. Well, it was a fun week. Uh, you know, who knows if we've got a couple more wins in us? Uh, we might not. But why not? Why not? You know, let's 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 take one from OKC. Let's take one from the Raps. And Embrace maybe, the spoiler roll. Yeah, exactly. I love the spoiler roll. All right, it's time for us to hit up Full Court Press. Here's the tip. 
All right. The thing I'm excited to talk about this week is the T-Wolves Gaming League. This yeah, is team. Yeah. This is a NBA 2K League. And I didn't know much about this. I mean, I knew that Wolves had a franchise for the first time this year. I've, I've been following them on Twitter. I saw their logos, see the new kind of practice room they have in the Mayo Do you Clinic know if Square. this is something that the Wolves have been kind of like late to get to? I know they're not the first NBA team to get their own uh from what I believe, week, from what I absorbed while watching the games, is that this is season two, and the Wolves were not in the first batch of franchises. Okay. So. We're in the second batch, and there's still a few teams that don't have them yet, like San Antonio. So At this point, they're an expansion team. They are an expansion team, so we had to, we like one of our players, I think we got a draft off another team, you know. Oh, really? And, okay. Um, so what I didn't realize is that I thought maybe they were playing as the Wolves, they're not playing as the Wolves. They're playing as their own selves. They create, you know, well, they the avatars of themselves. It's not like right. if you're a point guard in real life, you have to be a point guard in the game. But you create, they create their own 2K players, and then they play on a T-Wolves gaming court with their own specialized T-Wolves gaming jerseys and stuff. Okay. So it's pretty cool already from that. It's like, okay, cool. I thought you were playing as like Carl Anthony What Towns. is the name of their team? T Wolves Gaming. T Wolves Gaming. Yeah. Okay. But most the of the T Wolves Gaming. Uh, it's just T Wolves Gaming. Okay. And uh, most of the teams have names like that, like Grizz Gaming or something like that. Okay. You know, they're not very creative. Not particularly imaginative, but so they had their first two games. I think it was in Vegas, where there it's this r- cool room where there's like a circle in the middle, and on one side you have five teams and their monitors, and the other side you have the right. other five players and their monitors, and then there's a giant screen overhead, and then there's like a crowd watching. And stuff. are they calling out like? Switch, switch, and stuff like that. Well, they have microphones or? and they are talking to each other, but you don't hear that as much. But I sometimes see. you you do hear that chatter, <laughs> and they have like announcers like calling the game like they would call a normal wow. normal game. Yeah, they have a coach. Each team has their own coach. Wow, a coach. Yep, and uh, it, it was really fun. Um, the five that I saw here's your here's your team fans. <laughs> we have five. JoJo, Bear the Beast, Turn Up Defense. Feast and Hood, and our sixth man is Nacho Trainer. He didn't play. <laughs> JoJo's real name is Josiah Ochin. Uh, Bear to Beast, Michael Key, big fan of him. Turn up defense, Christopher Anderson. Feast is Mihad Feratovich. Uh, Nacho Trainer is Brian Trainer Jr., and Hood is Brandon Caicedo. Um, Hood and uh, Hood is awesome. He's really, really good. Really? He, he played it. He was a good. He was like our expansion pick, you know, where we got to take him from a different team. I see. Okay. And then our rookie is Bear the Beast, and he's the <laughs> point guard. And those two were like the MVPs of the two games I watched them oh, play. Oh wow! So you got a hot young prospect. Yep, that's right. And very engaging. The core they is were in, like in taunting place. the other team and stuff. They'd yeah, stand up and yell at the other that, team, right? like you know, let's go, come at Are me. Are there refs? Are there refs at the like by the little stations or whatever they there's can call no one's, text or something. There is text. They they really? it's a new rule this year that they can get text. <laughs> uh, but there was no technical fouls in the the two games I watched. Wow. Okay. Um, Good clean game. So you get to watch us on on Twitch. It was my first time using Twitch as a, like an app. You know, I've I've gone on to the the website and watched cat stream a few times, but this is the first time I used one of the apps on like Amazon Fire TV. It worked really well. 
And it was just really engaging and a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. Like, I'm really invested. Like, some of these personalities are really fun. It's interesting. I mean, I'm saying Hood and Bear to Beast get, you know, most of the attention. <laughs> but some of these guys are just on the team for defense. Like, yeah, they're defensive specialists. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's at least two people on our team. Like, turn up defense. He maxed out all the defense stats on his player. And he's just the guy who's there for defense. Wow. And okay. They they won both the games I saw and they just actually wow. they killed both the games. They blew the other teams out of the water and everyone's like, wow, the T Wolves gaming might not just be the best expansion team. It might be one of the best teams. They're a contender. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so mm. they had the kicked off the season with the tip off tournament this weekend. We lost to the champs. Uh, that one went to the 76ers. Uh, oh, they have not the, the Sixers. They have the best player apparently in the league, and so. Mm. But uh, for, you know, we're still a new team. We're still gelling, learning each other's styles, you know, learning some plays. They actually run plays and stuff, you know. Absolutely. It it was a lot of fun. And I'm definitely going to catch a few more. I went and followed all these guys on Twitter afterwards. I was already (laughs) following T-Wolves Gaming, but I was like, I got to follow Bear to Beast. I got to follow Hood, man. I got to follow him. So uh, check it out. I would say just check it out. It was not what I expected at all, but it's it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it might be once the once the season ends. I mean, how long does their season go for? Does it go for like a couple months? Or? The finals are in August. Oh, okay. The so, playoffs are in the end of July, and then early August is the, the okay. finals. Hey, that, that might be the basketball fix you need to get you through the summer. Yeah, that and the WNBA, you'll be good, you know? Yeah, there you go. Follow those two, especially because Between this, those two, you'll, your cup runneth over. Yeah, it's definitely something I'm going to keep a tab on, and I'll try and retweet if you follow us at WolvesCast and stuff. I'll tweet about it, so check it out. Also, follow T-Wolves Gaming. You know, it's a fun account. Yeah, build it. All right, let's go on to our next topic. He's heating up! Our boy Rocco had successful diagnostic anthroscopic procedure. Uh, on his knee, although they they announced that on April 1st. So if it was an April Fool's, he had an unsuccessful knee, knee surgery then. Mm. Hopefully you think not. They would, you think they'd stoop to that? <laughs> um, a surgery April Fool's joke? Yeah. I would hope not. Uh, maybe they're just like, you know, we don't want the bad press that comes with a botched yeah, surgery. Like April so Fool's, you got a least, terrible infection. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not coming back. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yep, it says he happened, He got it at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester. Here they do pretty good work down there. It's mm-hmm. a nice thing. That's like, you know, when you're recruiting people, you don't have a lot of advantages. Yeah. It's not like we have beaches around here or right. stuff like that. We do have the Mayo Clinic, though. Yeah. So. Not, hey, you need arthroscopic knee surgery? It's not going to be a very long, long trip. So yeah, exactly. Come it's, sign with us. <laughs> that's, that's one of the few advantages we can have. Got to leverage it. Uh, so, uh he is listed as out indefinitely. We'll get more updates. You got to assume, though, he'll probably be back for training camp. I'd hope so. I think yeah. that's right. So I'd hope so. I'm just just hoping that uh, he gets back to what we saw of those first. Because he only played, like, what, 15 games? I think he played 22 with the 20, Wolves. 22, okay. Yeah. It, uh, the best 22 games of the season. Yeah, that yeah. That was the best part. He, it was super God, fun. he was like a revelation, especially on defense. He was just... So refreshing to see someone who knew, knew where to be and yeah. uh, who was so good at deflections and everything like that and could guard multiple positions. Yeah, I think so. you'll get back to full health. I'm just, you know, it's it's tough because you heard them talking about with Derek Rose, how he said this was the first offseason he had that he was healthy and he could work on his game and stuff instead of just rehabbing. And unfortunately, Covington won't have that kind of offseason where he gets to work on right. it. Except his game, he'll just be working on rehabbing and getting back to the level he was at, you know. Mm, that's so, true. That's a little bit of a bummer. But it's uh, 
good to know the surgery was successful. Yes, yes, very good. <laughs> Better than an unsuccessful one. All right, let's go on to our last topic. He's on fire! Uh, we have signed a new Timberwolf to the team. We have, uh, we said his name, sounds like a beer, Mitch Creek. Mitch Creek, yeah. Mitch Creek. Mitch Creek Light. What can you tell us about Mitch Creek? Okay, so Mitch Creek, he's Australian. He was born in Australia in 1992. Got an Aussie mate. <laughs> nice. He played in the NBL, National Basketball League, uh, which covers Australia and New Zealand, for the Adelaide 36ers. Oh, my God. 36ers. The 36ers? 36ers refers to... 1836 is when South Australia got its uh, like independence or something like that. That is amazing. It's pretty awesome. Oh, my yeah. God. He played there for nine years, 2010 to early 2018. Okay. Uh, after 20, the 2018 NBL season, he mo- briefly played in Germany, and then he got brought over to the Nets G League affiliate. Uh, he signed a 10-day with Brooklyn in January of this year. And scored his first NBA points when he sank one of two free throws, replacing an injured Rondé Hollis Jefferson, who wow. was unable to take the free throws. What a weird way to get your first NBA yeah, minutes! Yeah, so that pressure. Is weird. Because isn't it when uh, when the player is injured, he can't shoot his free throws? The opposing team gets to choose. I can't remember if that's yeah. The, I believe still I the... believe that's still the rule. So the opposing team were like, "Give me that rookie, Mitch Creek." Yeah, yeah. He, he's never even played a minute of NBA basketball. Yeah, he one or two. Yeah. Um, after the, he got waived. He, uh, but then he ended up, uh, Wolves ended up giving him a chance here on a 10 day. He also signed with the, he's currently signed with the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Wow. For South, next year. Southeast Melbourne. Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. A little bit of a mouthful, but he has an NBA out clause. Nice. So if he proves himself, he can still uh, chase his NBA dream. He has a tattoo of a wolf on the back of his leg. Ooh, perfect. An actual Timberwolf. It's wow. pretty awesome. That's, awesome. uh, you know, it was meant to be right there. There's a picture of the Timberwolves uh, Twitter account posted a picture of the back of his leg tattoo. Okay. We love uh, NBA tattoos here. On and the he is on, and speaking of uh, NBA 2K, he's on NBA 2K and has an overall rating of 65. Okay, All the stats I can see, like, bad. he tops out at, like, a C- minus sure. on everything. Like, defense, IQ, it's like C-, minus, yeah. C-, minus, D, D, C-. Minus. It's pretty much that we don't know who he is uh, rating right, there. Right. But that's I think there are a couple of wolves who have a worse rating than that in 2K, so, you know. Yeah, that'd be interesting. That's quite a tight race between him and, like, uh, Cam Reynolds and uh, Jared Terrell. Yeah, exactly. Guys. But uh, I haven't... Uh, he hasn't uh, touched the floor yet, I don't think, for any of these games. But uh, yeah, it's always cool to get new faces, yeah, especially well, near always, the end of a season. you got to find yeah. something to excite you. I love the stories of these guys, where they've been, you know, how their, their path to the league, you know. It's, yeah, absolutely. It really it's, just is showing how much more international the game has been getting, too. Because usually mm-hmm. it's, you know, I'm reading this, it's like he played in Europe and stuff like this. But I didn't even know there was this Australian NBL New Zealand league with Southeast It's been Melbourne. around since, like, the 80s. Wow. Well, I mean, that's... Uh, Maybe, you know, just keep it in the back of your mind because within the next few years, we'll probably see Australian basketball have a moment uh, on the international level with Ben Simmons and Joe Ingles playing for that team. And I bet you Mitch Creek will be on that team, too. I think he probably will. Yeah, I think he's going to. I think I read he was on their FIBA team. Okay. uh, So I don't know if we're going to see him like uh, on the Olympic team or anything like that. Yeah, Bogut, Simmons, uh, you know, Ingles, uh, Dante Exum. Dante Exum, that's right. You can almost have a whole starting five of NBA players. Yeah, a decent one, too. We'll probably see them. You know, I, the talk was always that 
Kyrie might play for that team. You know, before <laughs> before he was officially on USA Basketball because I think his father's from Australia or he was born there or something. Right, right. He, he was qualified to play and he had flirted with the idea of playing for Australia. Yeah. It'll be funny to see what happens. It'll also be interesting to see while we're on the topic what happens with Cat because obviously he's played for the Dominican team previously. Mm-hmm. But if he gets invited to Team USA, I would imagine he would do the Kyrie Irving thing and say, ah, peace, you know. That is such a weird thing with like Olympics and stuff where yeah. you can kind of – I'm not going to make this team, so I'm going to angle my citizenship for another country right, and play for exactly. their team. But then maybe later on I might go back to... If once I get invited to the USA camp, yeah, I'll go yeah, to the USA exactly. basketball. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but he uh, seems like a cool guy. Um, he has a Twitter account. Uh, I just search for Mitch, Mitch, Creek, Mitch Creek Twitter. I don't know if it's at Mitch Creek or anything or like that, but his profile picture is him in a Timberwolves uniform. Heck yeah, you, so, get that, you get that photo of your, yourself on an NBA court. That's dedication. Yep, that's very smart. That's yeah. how you play it. So uh, best of luck to him. I think also, Good on you. if we have a Neil, I know you're listening out there because our Somewhere. producer in the sky always edits these. We should get a sound drop. If we, we're going to start doing a regular segment about T-Wolves gaming, do like a 8-bit kind of soundtrack <laughs> sound drop, you know, that'd be good. But uh, you know what? We will pay for that with the money we're going to get from our sponsors. That's right. We got another sponsor, and it's very appropriate this week. Uh, you know, we've talked about the success of the NBA 2K League really blowing up, but that's not the only uh, the only competitor in town. That's for sure. Because we are announcing, we're so happy to announce this. We're the first ones to announce this. Hudson, we're partnering with Hudson Soft to announce the Bill Lambeer's Combat Basketball Gaming League. Yes. That's right. There's a lot of, you know, basketball games out there, but all of them take place in this day, this present day that we're in, and none of them take place in 2031. In the future. Until now. Bill Lambeer's Combat Basketball takes you to the year 2031, where Bill Lambeer has become commissioner of a basketball league, fired the referees, and created a style of play without rules. There are no fouls, and use of weapons is perfectly legal. (laughs) Encouraged, even. That's right. This is the only kind of futuristic, full-contact basketball video game out there on the market. It was released for the Super Nintendo in 1991, but unlike, you know, the high barrier to entry... You know, they say like, oh, the NBA 2K League, anyone can, you know, be in the NBA 2K League, you know, you don't even have to be athletic, you just gotta be good at video games. Yeah, but you have to be able to afford that $60 video game, that $400 PlayStation. Bill Lambeer's Combat Basketball, you can get it on eBay for $3. It's it's not that hard. That's right. It really is democratizing <laughs> the uh, the level of access, you know what That's I'm saying? That's right. No it's, more barriers. Yep, it's for the masses, everyone. You can choose to play for teams like Danger Dudes, <laughs> Brothers Grimm, Heavy Duty, Alley Kings, Ruffians, and of course, the Posse. The Posse. Ooh. I think I like the Brothers Grimm. <laughs> the Brothers Grimm, yes. <laughs> That is, uh, that is, you know, the kind of uh, humor they use in the year 2031. That's, That's right. intimidating. Futuristic humor. The Alley Kings are my squad. I've been cheering for them forever. They wear suits of armor in this game. And it's That's basically right. like if NFL Blitz were a basketball game, you could tackle players before they get the ball. Apparently there's weapons involved. That's right. So, you know what? Anything goes. You, you could watch the NBA 2K League, that game that, you know, it's your, your father's basketball game. It's been around for 19 years now. You know, I remember, I remember playing NBA 2K1, NBA 2K. Oh, yeah. But too. this is the future. It's literally <laughs> 2031. Get a preview of what basketball will look like, like a, in 12 years. It's like a dystopian version 
of like where basketball is going. Yeah, it's like in outer space. Society has crumbled, and, and Bill, Bill Lambeer is has, still a commissioner. Bill Lambeer is commissioner of a, the only basketball league in town. Oh man! Oh, um, I imagine him watching from like on a throne. Like, oh, up, it's raised. High, uh, it's raised. Like, it's got like jets on the bottom, so it's like floating. In, right. In yeah. <laughs> it's just like play ball. He gets yes. a scepter into the ground. Yeah, that's right. With a basketball on top of it. Yep. Uh, well, this is going to be the first year, so get your friends together, start training. There will be open tryouts to join the league later this summer. We'll let you know all about that. That's right, everybody. It's the Bill Lambier Combat Basketball League. Sign up today. Power. 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 It's time for some power rankings. I'm really jazzed up about these power rankings, Robert, because I like neat, tidy things like a decade. That's a tidy number. You know? Sure. And now we get to look back on a decade of Timberwolves basketball, 2010 to 2019. Uh, next year, obviously, we'll be kicking off the 2020s. That's what we say. Yeah, it is. Mm. You know, like. I made a tweet about uh, basketball or baseball in the 1920s. I was like, in the 20s. And I was like, man, in a year or two, I'm going to have to say 1920s. Yeah, we're nine months away from that. So anyways, we're going to look back on the 2010s, a decade that was for the Timberwolves. lived in infamy. Yes, absolutely. Number 10. All right, this is the 2009-2010 NBA season. Mm -hmm. I did not actually pay attention to this one because I was in college. I didn't have access to FSN. Streaming options were really bad at back then. You just had like no ability to stream something, especially on a college. You know, I, I didn't go to college in state, so I couldn't go to a bar and see it or anything. Right. So yep. I was just uh, disconnected from the season and didn't really get to participate in it. What do you remember? It was the Big Al era. Oh yeah. Um, it was a uh, pretty rough. I think that by then they had those weird new uniforms that uh, they only lasted for like three years or whatever. Yeah, the like green, the, the green, you know, the weird bright green. Uh, whenever I think of those uniforms, I think of Big Al and Fat Kevin Love. Although by oh nine oh ten, I don't think he was. I don't think he was around. I'm yeah. trying to remember what Kevin Love's. No, uh, I think oh nine ten. No oh nine ten. Love was on the team because that, oh, was, that Love was his and rookie Al year. Jeff. And oh, I don't yeah. think I think Jeff, Al Jeff got punted over the off season. Yeah, Utah. that uh, it uh, not particularly notable. When I think about those jerseys, I think about the State Fair where they had a giant inflatable one yeah, and everyone yeah, signed yeah. it. You know, Neil. Yeah, we <laughs> Neil and I went to like the unveiling of these those uniforms. Oh yeah. Um, and they had that big uh, inflatable thing, and I think we signed it with like our website back then was like T Wolves Blog or something oh, like yeah, that. Right. Com. Tim Rolls today. Yeah, Tim Rolls today. Whatever, whatever re iteration of our site. Good there advertising. Was at that point. Yeah, we got to get the word out. But, we uh, go register that domain so we can get that traffic. <laughs> yes, it might still be out there. All right. Well, that brings us to number nine. Uh, number nine is the very next season, the 2010-2011 season, also known as West Johnson, Nikola Pekovic, rookie year. This is the uh, season that Darko and Beasley arrived oh, yeah. and joined the team. <laughs> uh, and this is kind of this the year. where things really took off. Oh, yeah. And then this was the year Kevin Love forced himself into stardom. You know, before this season, it was like, 
we don't really have anyone to build that around. And this is the year that Kevin Love was like, Kurt Rambis, I'm going to force you to play me. You exactly. Know? Yeah. This was the 30-30 season. That's right. I was there for that game. It was unforgettable. Mm-hmm. Beasley had a lot of good scoring games this season where you're like, hey, Kevin Love and Beasley, that could yeah, be our Beasley one, too. Beasley was thinking like, wow, we got like a an alpha number one scorer, and we got him for like a second round pick. Mm-hmm. He's going to thrive here in, in uh, Minnesota. Mm, not so much. Yeah, it was. Uh, it ranks pretty low on the list because Rambus was terrible. Uh, Wes Johnson was kind of depressing, especially after taking him in front of Boogie. <laughs> you know, oh. just being like, "Oh, Wes is not We're really still in doing the David Kahn era of just sort of being like a laughing stock and knowing that guys like Kevin Love like hated their coach and their GM. Yeah, just bad bad vibes. And we got Pekovich, but he rarely played that year. He did not have a great and anytime he was on big the court. Big time adjustment that first year. Every time he touched someone on the court, he was such a sponge for fouls. He would yes, come he in was. and play and turnovers. He'd play 5 minutes and get four fouls, you know. Yeah, he was uh he was too big for, too big and too strong for his own good He didn't first, even have the, the you know, year. the sleeve of his tattoos quite yet, you know. Not yet. Didn't Way have back like then. he was a uh, that first year was not encouraging. I'm glad they stuck with him. Yep, so, a, uh, you know, not one of our better years. That's why it's number nine. Let's go on <laughs> to number eight. Uh, this is the Iron Nine season, a.k.a. Knuckle Push-Up season, Ugh. a.k.a. AK-47 season. Yes. Get AK on the team. We get Shved on the team. This is a year, though, was uh, beset by injuries, you know? Yeah. Just injuries all over the place to the point where we signed people like Mikhail Jellabaugh. I, I miss the French basketball players. Years. Man, That's I right. remember Jellaball and Chris Johnson was Chris the center Johnson. who just had some crazy block numbers. His first he got like, MVP, chance, he got MVP I chance. I was there. I had was so dumb. This is the first of two seasons Neil and I had season tickets for. So I went to every single game that season. Watched a lot of AK forty seven. Got almost uh, none of. It's so depressing because right before the season started, Kevin Love breaks his hand doing knuckle push ups. Then he rushes it and comes back too fast. You know, in like late November, early December, and hurts himself again. Then he's out for like three more months. It just really, you know, that was a season really where we had some expectations. We thought we were actually going to, you know, make a playoff push that year. We And with AK on the team, man. Kirilenko was He, he was, was so great. good. He was so I good. I loved watching AK play for that one year. Yeah. I feel so lucky that uh, he went to Brooklyn after that, yep, I got that. He got that under the table under the deal. the table deal from uh, Prokhorov. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But uh, just having a year of AK, I would have ranked this even higher just by virtue of having AK for that one year, just because it was such a breath of fresh air. Yeah, but uh, it's that, tough. You get you get the soaring highs of AK forty seven yes. and the crushing lows of knuckle pushups. Yeah, it's a <laughs> it's a big contrast in in that. But uh, but it it was cool to see some of the other guys featured. Shved had his moments. Alexi yeah, Shved that was, that was back when we still thought he was going to be a good player. Eventually, you know? yeah, yeah, like this guy, he's so big and he can handle the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, he just got into his own head. It was like before he got into his own head. You know, it was like, oh, awesome. Yeah, and he was so so like frail almost. Yeah, like he, he hated Ricky too. He hated Ricky. <laughs> he thought he was better than Ricky. He was like, I can't believe they're playing this guy ahead of me. Yeah. You know. Oh well. well that was All a, the best to him. Definitely a memorable season. I still see AK-47 jerseys every time I go to the Target Center. I've got one. I've got one. It's, it's, the, it's the jersey to have, really. All right, let's go on to number seven. This is the 2014-2015 season, a.k.a. Wiggins and Levine rookie season. We have Flip Saunders returning to coaching. We have a massive 25 different players oh. play for the Wolves. Remember Jeff Adrian's? 
I remember him. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm saying. This is the year where we had everyone playing for the Wolves. 25 different players, including the return of Kevin Garnett. Yeah, that uh, what a what a triumphant return that was. But I also remember this was the year that we were playing like Levine at point or whatever, just because we were so depleted from everyone. Yep, that, yep. We shut down Ricky about halfway through the season. We were just uh, Levine be point guard. And, yeah, and it, the talk was like Zach Levine might be the worst player in the NBA right now, just because he was so like overwhelmed. It was it was a genius doing. tanking job by Flip. Yes, it was. And this was I really enjoyed the season because Wiggins just looked awesome as his rookie season. He won Rookie of the Year. And we really thought that was the new face of Timberwolves basketball after these years of kind of hand reining about Kevin Love doesn't want to be here. We got to get rid of him. He doesn't want to be here. He's not going to resign. This was finally us jettisoning that jettisoning that baggage. And uh, so it was just low expectations. We didn't expect to do well. We had the worst record in the league, which got us cat. So it was go. like a brilliant move by Flip. Fun to have Flip coaching again. And I, the night that KG came back, I was at that game, and it's one of my top five Timberwolves memories of all time. Yeah, just they like, won that game too. Yeah, just how electric that building was, you know. So uh, yeah, I guess we traded Thad Young. We had half a season of Thad uh, Young, yeah, traded him, and got uh, you know the KG back in it. So just a really fun season. We had, also this is the season when Gorgie started playing and showed that he could play uh, because he yeah. was just he never got any minutes with Adelman really, and so he just had a great season as well. So it's fun, low expectations. We lost the most games in the league though, so that hurts us a little bit. Nah, even though oh, well. good things came out of it. Yeah, in hindsight. All right, let's go on to number six. Uh, that is this season. I'm gonna say. 1819. Uh, we had the Jimmy trade, Tibbs fired, Ryan hired. It's been a season of drama. We got Covington and Dario <laughs> coming in. We've got people going out. You know, it's been. That's right. It, it hasn't been a boring season. That's no, for sure. Not at all. But it has been a disappointing season. We expected playoffs. Dispiriting. Yeah, exactly. Right. And just really, you know, this franchise has is so dysfunctional. And <laughs> you think that, you know, we're finally getting back to some kind of form of respectability. Uh, there's not all this crazy, you know, we thought Jimmy was going to be here for at least another season, you know. And we just thought, you know, that things were going to go on this expected path and we were going to return to the playoffs, get a little bit better. And, uh, no, Jimmy threw a bomb before the season even started, and we just had not one normal day of uh, being a Timberwolves fan this season. Yeah, finally, like. ba- Wolves back in, the, back in the spotlight for all the wrong reasons. Right, exactly. And the Jimmy saga played out for way too long, and there was so much joking about the Timberwolves and yep. all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, Derrick Rose getting man. signed, and, you know, D-Rose Butler, and Rose, Gibson. Tibbs getting booted. <laughs> Dane. Booted. <laughs> all the time, every oh, yeah. game. Um, it's been a wild season. Yeah, it has. It feels weird that it's sort of like it seems so long ago. Yeah, like Tom Thibodeau and so much like has happened Jimmy. this season. So, so much has happened. Much has happened this season. Yeah, but, uh, it's been a wild one, but not enough to crack our top five. Which <laughs> brings us to number five. This is 2011-2012 Ricky's rookie season. Rick Adelman and JJ Barea joined the squad. This was a lot of fun uh, until Ricky got injured and tore his ACL. Uh, we were on the playoff hunt. We were really pushing for a playoff spot. Ricky just brought joy to the target yes, center. He did. 
it was unlike what I've never seen a player like Ricky, you know, when I was watching him make all those passes and stuff. His first night where he nutmeg Dirk to, to Oliver in the corner. Yeah, yeah. Just like it was it was just a magical. It was before all of his flaws, you know, really became evident. He had a lot more confidence that season that took him years to get back from the ACL tear where you 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 knew he couldn't shoot that well, but it, you, he was confident going to the rim in a way that he wouldn't be for several years after that. Exactly, yeah. And it was just so fun. Yeah, it was. Just having this, the Ricky saga over with, um, have, having him actually come to the team where right. it seemed like he might just hold out and angle for a trade to New York because that was what like Bill Simmons or whatever was saying, that Ricky's never going to play for the Minnesota, Wolves. Yeah. He wants a big market to play in. And uh, just finally having it over with and being able to see this guy who had such hype and was so entertaining to watch and was so likable. Yeah, that was uh, that was a special special uh, time in Wolves history. Is that first those especially those first few games? The very first game was great. But yeah. The first few games of Ricky when he check in the buzz in the crowd. Oh yeah, it was people were chanting uh, for him fantastic. when he was on the bench. Yeah, yeah. It was and great. Uh, Rick Adelman joining the team, the best coaching hire we ever had at that point. He had such a legendary career, and we got him. And he was still trying. He checked out <laughs> toward he the end. Checked out of his, eventually. But, yeah, but uh, he was still trying. This was his first year, and it was like we got a real coach, we got a real star in Kevin Love, and we got Ricky here. Let's go. You know, yeah, we got the pieces in place. And even but, when like Ricky got injured, that really stunk. But we mm-hmm. were still like, man, if we had Ricky, we'd make the playoffs. Next year's gonna right, be our year. Right, Next right. year's gonna be our year. And JJ. Having yeah. JJ, he was a he was a fun guy. He's still such a fun player. He's one of those players that just irritates you when you're playing against him. Yes, and then he, when you have him <laughs> on your team, and he's getting he's he's getting other players to get technicals all the time. Cause yeah, it's yeah. Frustrating he's getting play. like into it with Ray Allen or yeah, whatever. it's he's great. Just awesome. He was entertaining, especially because you know it wasn't in. Well, we'll talk about that season when we get to it. It's still <laughs> coming up. All right, let's go on to number four. Uh, number four, this is sixteen seventeen. This is when Tibbs joined the team. We had Cat and Wiggs and Zach. This is Chris Dunn's rookie season. Chris Dunn. <laughs> I like this because it's kind of the same reason with like Adelman joining the team. It was before Tibbs really showed his flaws, you know, and it's just like Tibbs is just kind of getting a feel for what he has and he's letting the young guys run. And you just really got to see the ascent of Carl Anthony Towns from his rookie year into like, you know, oh, wow. We knew this guy's going to be a star, but every year he's taking a step forward. Yeah, this was the era of like future power rankings. Wolves, number one or yeah. number two or whatever. And just the sky was the limit for this team. Simmons and was, did like his no trade uh, or his trade column. And like Wiggins and Cat were like two and three or something or like one yeah, and two. Yeah, it was crazy. And uh, even like Zach Levine, we were seeing like, man, this guy... He can do some things. Like he's not just a dunker. Yeah, and yeah, man, he was it's... he was great shooting. I mean, he eventually tore his ACL at the at the end of the season, but uh, before that, he was really hot. And it, just once again, you know, not really expectations for us to make the playoffs. It was just kind of a get a feel for the team kind of season, and you know, just a lot of hope. You know, watch him grow. Yeah, you know? exactly. But uh, it was that was uh, probably the height of like get on the bandwagon now because they're That's going right. places eyes on the rise yeah the eyes on the rise that's right <laughs> all right let's go to our top three here we go number three uh 2015-16 this is cat's rookie season kg is technically on the team you know he played like i don't know the first like 15 games or something right. and enough then, to dunk on blake griffin oh my god uh, talk about an all-time wolves moment right there yeah that was all-time great cat just flipping out on the course <laughs> just going, going crazy. insane 
Uh, we had small, this is the one season of Salty Smitch as the coach. Unfortunately, right. Flip died right at the beginning of this season. We also started the podcast that year. Wow. Back, back then, we called ourselves Timberwolves the Podcast. <laughs> um, but, man, Cats rookie season. Just knowing, you know, we knew we got like a diamond in the rough before the season started. But then he just he exceeded all expectations, I feel like, his rookie season. Yeah, he did. It was, it was just, again, it was another one of those times where it was like, man, this guy is this guy is like twenty, yeah, and he's already got like he's already got NBA talent, and where's he going to go from here? Because the sky's the limit with him. And uh, I mean, the trajectory he's been on has been, I think, say it's been pretty consistent with that sense. Yeah. I mean, there's been some ups and downs in terms of what we feel like he can achieve and everything, but still think that there's definitely room to grow with him and that that uh rookie season was the beginning of the glimmers of that yeah and i think he had a lot better he played really well defensively as a rookie and then he didn't play that well for the next couple years and now he's gotten back to it but i think like having kg on the bench and having kg especially when kg was on the floor with him where kg was pointing where to go and stuff his defense looked really good you know so yeah definitely don't have that these days yep all right let's go on to our next one number two this is the last love season, 2013-14. This was a fun year, even though it was a little disappointing. We went 40 and 42, excuse me, 40 and 44, which is our second best record of the decade. <laughs> and uh, yikes! Yeah, there's a lot of expectations this year. We brought in Corey Brewer and Kevin Martin. Corey Brewer returned. Kevin Martin. We had the starting lineup: Ricky, Kevin Martin, Corey Brewer, K Love, Nikola Pekovic. Uh, Nikola Pekovic a had a borderline. Yeah, he had a borderline All Star season. They, you know, did the Bruce Brothers uh, oh, yeah. promotion. They, were like, the, they led the league in offensive rebounding and were just destroying guys on the glass. Yeah, that was the, that was one heck of a Pekovic season. Just destroying guys. Yeah, had soft touch, his so little much bunnies, fun. you know, and uh, running the floor super hard too. Yeah, yeah, and um, this uh, Corey Brewer had a fifty-one point game this season. Yes, you know? that's right. And Kevin Love just had really fun game. Those little uh, dribble handoffs he had to do with Kevin Martin where he'd just step back to the three-point line after oh, the yeah. screening. And then oh, so many wide-open threes. And that was, was the year it seemed like he finally just let go and just started jacking up threes. Yeah, I think and this was the year when he was like top. much success. I think he was top three in MVP voting that year, but definitely top five Kevin Love was. I think yeah, he was he top was three. he was just getting like 30 and 15 every game. And, and five assists on top of that, five too. Five assists, that's right. Uh, the outlet passes. And yeah, everything was working out. We Especially we, we would just have these huge scoring first halves. We'd score like 71 points in the first half. And then inevitably, we always fell apart at the end of games. That team relied on getting to the line a lot. And a mm-hmm. lot of times those calls wouldn't come in the fourth. And there's many games where Kevin Love was, you know, where's the whistle? I just got fouled, you know, and... Especially the uh, Ed Malloy. That was that season as <laughs> That's well. Right. What are you doing? Against the Dallas. The Dallas, yep. Yeah. That was at that game. Ah. So um, ultimately, I think that in the moment, sometimes the season was really stressful because we knew if we blew it, Kevin Love was leaving, and then who knows what our future would be. And so there was a lot of stress. I mm-hmm. think on the fans and a lot of pressure. The weight of expectation. Yeah. But uh, one of the seasons I had season tickets for and 40, 40 wins, you know, in hindsight, that was, that, was a, that was a fun team. Yeah. You yeah. know. I'd take it. Yep. Which brings us to uh, number one. Best season the Timberwolves had in the past decade is... Oh, I must move this. Here we go. Number one. That was the 2017-18 Timberwolves, <laughs> Jimmy Butler, and the playoffs. Yes. New era. New uniforms. Uh, we love the new... Uh, the redesign of the uniforms, the court, the logo... 
big step up. New arena, really. They re- remodeled the arena. That's right, yeah. And, uh, you know, Jimmy was on the team. We didn't hate him yet. We loved him. He was really fun. He brought a lot of silliness uh, to interviews and stuff like that. We didn't know how toxic he was we being. We thought he was like a leader. Yeah, we thought he was a good teammate, maybe, you know. Yeah, a good teammate. We still yeah. thought that kind of nonsense. Tim's uh, was the... Tibbs was the defensive mastermind who was going to mold all these guys. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, in January, before Jimmy went down, we were around the three seed, you know? Oh, yeah. And actually, Jimmy didn't go down until the All-Star break, so um, right after the All-Star break. And so, yeah, we had two All-Stars on our team. Cat made All-Star finally. We went from, you know, not having an All-Star since K-Love left to having two of them. Um, obviously, 47 wins I think we ended up with was the, you know, one, so, of, yeah. one of the best, definitely the best record of the decade, you know? Not even, yeah. And by so, a pretty, by a decently wide margin. Christmas Day game that we won. Christmas Day, finally, a triumphant yeah. return to Christmas. Yeah, so uh, this was a blast Play-in of a season. Playing game at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, Man. definitely. Oh, just a really fun season. A lot of yeah, new players on the team. Jeff Teague, uh, Taj Gibson, Taj, yeah. t- tons of guys, new guys coming in and. Uh, you know, Andrew took a step back, and Cat just had a good season, though. And I don't know, it was a blast. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. We were thinking that Jimmy could just sort of will the team to victories. Yeah, uh, just almost like single handedly. And uh, yeah, man, what uh, crazy turnaround between the end of that season and the beginning of the following season. But for that brief period of time, it was like, wow, we're going to be in the playoffs for the right, next exactly. for, for a while now, and it's going to be great, but little did we know. Oh, well. There's always the 2020s. Yes, the 20s. We'll Here's, to the 20s. Here's to the 20s. Here's to the 20s. The roaring 20s. All right. Time for some Weekly Wolfies. Now presenting your Weekly Wolfies. All right, that's right. Weekly Wolfies, you know how it goes. It's an award for something good, something bad, something in between. You can tell, but it is a real award that we give away every week. Robert, would you like to go first? Sure, I would. Uh, My Weekly Wolfie is a positive Weekly Wolfie. I'm going to give my Weekly Wolfie to one Gorgie Jang. Not only has he been playing very well and sort of redeemed himself and gotten back into the rotation, uh, but he also hosted a... uh, like a gala for oh, yeah. the Gorgie Jang Foundation uh, on the 4th uh, here in Minneapolis. Pretty much all of the Timberwolves came out. And, uh, yeah, good for good for Gorgie for doing good things on the court and off. He seems just like a really, really nice guy and yeah. really uh, looking out for his home country, Senegal. And uh, He's doing great things over there. We've yeah. talked about it before, building hospitals, training farmers how to more efficiently farm and, you know, Doing some great stuff. He's like I said, he's overpaid. He's a good guy, but, but you know, there's probably no one else you'd rather overpay because he's doing good stuff with that money. Totally, you know, yeah, absolutely. So uh, great week of basketball you, on and off the court. There great you go. week absolutely. for Gorgie Jane. All right, mine is going to go to Target Center Nachos. Had the just plain nachos <laughs> the other night. What a disappointment! I mean, just trash. Um, not like barely enough cheese for half the chips, you know. And it's just like ugh, just so uninspired and. You know, I usually we kind of pay for the big ticket items to review on the show. I had a parlor burger, still the best food in the Target Center. Man, get a parlor burger. But these nachos, what a letdown. Just like embarrassing, really. Uh, I brought my wife, was trying to show her a good time, try to get some nachos, and I get this. Like, boo. Boo, Target Center. Boo. Ah, uh, 
So that breaks your heart. Poo poo on the nachos, uh, but parlor burgers. Was it the sort of nacho cheese that they have, like the little dispenser that they yeah, push the button and yeah, it drips down? But that's fine with me. I know what I'm getting. You, get, you know, okay. I'm, I know I'm getting that quality. It's just like the chips to cheese ratio. It's ne- I mean, you never get enough cheese. Like that's obviously just part of the ordering the nachos. But it's really gone downhill. You're getting mm. you're getting so little cheese these days. So ah, give okay. me less chips if you're going to give me less cheese. <laughs> you know, I don't okay. I don't need all these just chips to eat with okay. nothing. All right. Well, that's my weekly Wolfie. That's your weekly Wolfie. Let's go ahead and do a quick game. Quick game. All right. So with Final Four in town, I thought it would be fun for me to prepare a little something for you, Scott, that has to do with NCAA champions. Bring it on. So there have been two Timberwolves players who have won both a NCAA and an NBA championship. And technically, there's a third who was for the briefest period of time on the Wolves squad before getting traded, who has the same. Can you name any of these three? I know one of them. I know Corey Brewer. Corey Brewer is one. Corey Brewer is one. Two-time NCAA champion. Let's see. Who else would it be? Um, I mean, <laughs> Tyus and Gorgie have both won NCAA titles, but they haven't won That's an right. NBA championship. Sean McCants won an NCAA championship, but obviously never won an NBA championship. Is Brandon Rush one of them? Not uh, not Brandon Rush. Okay, he won an NCAA you're, championship. You're getting you're getting closer with in terms of one of them who uh, was on the t- was drafted by the Wolves but then traded. Cole Aldrich. No, not no, Cole. No, Cole drafted by the Wolves and then traded. Give me a clue. He won his NCAA. He won his NBA championship with the Heat. Heat. Uh, Norris Cole. Not Norris Cole. Uh, He's from Kansas. Kansas. Mario Chalmers. Mar- Super Mario That's right. Chalmers. Mario That's Chalmers. Right. I forgot that. And then who's, who's the last guy? There's one other. Our boy, Antoine Walker. Antoine Walker! <laughs> yes. Oh my god, I completely forgot. <laughs> you forgot that he was Twan. a Yeah. Twan was ahead of his time. Yeah, he sure was. So, Why can you imagine Twan? Threes yeah. Because there are no fours. There are no fours. He would he would love the league. He today, would be thriving. You know? Right you can't all be you know, we're just we're born into the eras we're born into, you know? That's right. But uh yeah, he was ahead of his time, definitely. All right. Well, a lot of fun week, you know. I, you know, I was worried about this afternoon recording, and you know, I, I'm pretty happy with how it went. I am too. You know, we powered through the adversity. And you are on the first half of your podcast doubleheader today. You are yeah. going after this to record a Kings of the North special Emergency, edition. Yeah, because we have to. Uh, we have to comment on this Packers news of uh, the explosive. Uh, article that was written detailing the disconnect between Aaron Rodgers and former Packers coach Mike McCarthy. It's we, all we the have dirty to get details. To the of this. Yeah, the yeah. dirty details always come out. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, so uh, they have going to be extremely controversial. One Packer fan in denial on that, the beefcake, and then you're going to have uh, Alex Conover, friend of the pod, who, who is the more reasonable Packer fan. Well, he's a he goes by Chad from Oshkosh. <laughs> Chad from Oshkosh, <laughs> and then obviously you'll have you and Viking fan Professor Bigskin. Uh, That's right. So, I'm it's looking forward to explosive. listening to that. Uh, once again, I hate the NFL, but I love this podcast. Kings of the North. Check it out. Um, thank you to Canis Hoopas. Thank you to you for listening. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Wolfscast. Uh, and we are going to have another pod, not this Thursday, but uh, in about a week and a half. Neil it will be back in the country, and we'll do a season recap pod. And then we'll talk about our plans for the summer, whether we're going to do some draft stuff, some T-Bulls Gaming League pods. Yes. Uh, you know, Neil has a Lynx pod that is Lynx Dynasty. Um, 
find that on Canis Hoopus or links underscore dynasty on Twitter. Um, I think that's all we have to say. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for being here, Robert. Well, thank you, Scott. It's been a lot of fun coming in and helping out this season. So yeah. I appreciate you uh, inviting me. Doing the heavy lifting this season. We appreciate it. <laughs> all right, everybody. Take care of yourselves, and we'll see you in about a week and a half. Peace.